Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my In the Holiday Spirit co-host Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world. We're not just out of time. It's a whole new discography per episode, and today we'll be discussing every album by... The Smalls. The Smalls, requested on Patreon by our boy Mitchell. He's been waiting a long time for this one. Merry long Christmas. Mer- <laughs> oh, I think it's after Christmas. No, it's right before. Oh, perfect. It's right be- yeah. It actually does line up. I have no idea. I'm glad I have the date in front of me. Hello. Mer- thank you. Merry Christmas, Mitchell. Hell yeah. Uh, the Smalls. I'm assuming you have no idea. You had no idea who they were. Zero. Knowledge. Zero. Yeah. Zero as well. No clue. No idea. I was like, is this a 60s band like the Doors or something? Oh, I definitely knew they weren't weren't that. Are they like the Toadies or something like that? When I saw the era they were from. And uh, yeah, nice little nice pun intended little band. So. Is it is that is that safe to say you enjoyed your time? Yeah. There's there's more to that. That that yeah had all kinds of shit in, inside. I heard I, I heard that. It was an uneven ride it, for sure. Uneven ride. This is a really weird band. <laughs> so man, I had no idea what to expect. And by, by the end of it, oh my, just so strange, so unusual. Yeah. I did enjoy it a lot though. Yeah. I, I enjoyed half of it quite a bit. There we go. <laughs> yeah. It feels so weird just jumping right into it. I feel like like I'm missing something. Am I missing something? I think we've just done a lot of beefy bands with a lot of lore. And uh, that's right. Unless you live in West Canada, uh, which I'm sure we have, we got to have at least one listener. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe even Mitchell. I know he's from Canada. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know that. So yeah, someone in Edmonton or, or those areas. Um, what what little information there is about them um you know growing up in these rural parts uh of edmonton yeah yeah and uh it's so crazy because obviously what they could listen to is very limited super limited uh, which is also a thing that or, or sorry from alberta, alberta 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 and then they would meet in college in edmonton okay sorry canadians uh man like that's the thing that that the world will never be will never know again the limitations of music. Yeah, like we are. I mean, we've said in the past how spoiled we are now for sure. But uh, it wasn't that long ago where you, if you didn't have you know twenty bucks on you, you didn't listen to new music, mm-hmm. or or in their, their case, literally you couldn't even find it. They had one record store and it's fucking barren. So they're you're just stuck with what's on the radio or yeah, what someone haphazardly has in the record collection. It's depressing. It's super <laughs> depressing. But what they what they what came out is just so bizarre. And it's not like it's not like they're this weird, crazy, noisy, uh, you know, birthday party insane band. But uh, it's just they took things that we were very familiar with and just threw them in a stew. And it's like that's a weird hybrid of a bunch of things that I very recognize. Re- very regionalized stew here, uh, where it's like, yeah, I recognize these elements, but you guys, you made it your own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, as a, like we said, there's really not a lot of info. There's not a very, I don't know, famous band. I, obviously, I was, I was surprised how much information was on their Wikipedia page. So uh, our our boy Tom Osmond, he uh, he uh, even noted that like whoever wrote their wiki entry made quite an effort. Like it's like clearly one super fan I, made like I did was, the whole thing. It does sound like the fans of this band are 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 fans for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
unique band, interesting band. Um, but also love that they only have four members. This nice, easy four members beginning to end. They, they, and that is like ultimately how they ended up breaking up is because they didn't want to sacrifice the switching out any member. Yeah. Which is a beautiful so and sad pure. thing. Yeah, yeah. So pure. Uh, we'll get into that more later, but. Yeah, Tom Eisman, our history guy, he compiled a couple things for us, uh, an interview with drummer Terry Johnson from 2014 and uh, an article from 1995 from Georgia Strait, I believe. And I'm not familiar with Georgia Strait, but neither am I. Um, either way, it has stuff. The fact that there's an article from 1995 about this band floating around on the Internet is it is wild. But it also insane, yeah. that was like their peak. That was when they, they had the most attention. Mm-hmm. Uh they only have four albums, but three out of the four are self-released, which is like, holy shit. Like they, they barely, not even barely, like it's like, it seems like they barely qualify as a band even worth covering, except for the fact that they have like a pretty rabid cult following. Yes. Um, which is also confusing that they, they only, they only had one signed record and mm. like, like nothing makes any sense. It's like, like nobody tried. Well, I- Maybe somebody tried to capitalize on it, but not to the extent uh, where people were trying to capitalize on like new grunge bands or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and I, I, I imagine that's a lot to do with them being in the middle of, of an icy nowhere in yeah. Canada uh, and not not relocating and stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, managing to put out four well, I, four albums over the course of nine years, so that it wasn't like they were. It seems like there was a lot of things that happened that we just will never know. Yeah, and I feel like they they kind of seems like they were able to secu- secure some gigs on like big festivals. So. I, I'm not even from, I'm not, we'll have to like refresh my memory yeah. as we talk about it because I've already forgotten a lot. But uh, so according to Terry Johnson, uh, they all grew up in yeah, like you said, rural parts of Alberta. This band is a weird hype. I mean, to try and explain what they are, it feels dirty because like it doesn't really it's, sound like any genre you're gonna name. It I'm amazed they did not cite the Misfits and Danzig. Oh, there is so much Danzig it, sounding it, vocals. Yes. Uh vocals are a thing we are going to talk <laughs> about with this band. My God. <laughs> but they're obviously they're really so they're basically like thrash and a little bit of punk with this really weird prominent country influence that comes out later on comes out later on uh but even earlier you can there's like if you pick apart the vocals you could hear that oh that's where some twang yeah a lot of twang and and it's it's a a bizarre combination that that it fits but in it just it, you notice it. It's not like it fits and it feels perfect. It just fits like, well, it doesn't sound bad. It's just, that's odd. So uh, Terry said, oh, we all grew up on the old school metal, but our parents were listening to old school country. So eventually that seeped in at Johnny Cash, Mo Haggard, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson. Uh, and then what is it? Um, They all, they, they all took bits of jazz in, mm-hmm. in, in school and that comes out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I don't even know what to say, dude. This is a fucking weird band. We just have to hear uh, to before. I'm, I'm going to butcher it anytime I try to explain what they sound like. It's, yeah. it's, it's unusual, but it's fun. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's it's like you said, it's not mind blowing. No. It's simple, but it's it's unique. Uh, this is a, another interesting. And another, we were talking about how they, they got kind of got shunned 
um, for most of the career. Terry said, uh, we didn't have an agenda to make it sound like this or that. It was just whatever we liked. It probably damaged our chances of getting a record deal back in the day because we couldn't be pigeonholed into one kind of music. It's good and bad. It's out there stuff, but it's all coming from something. Uh, that actually makes sense in the, I think in the, in the case of this band. Cause yeah, uh, they don't sound outside of the Danzig vocals. Like there's. They don't really sound like any band in the nineties. Yeah, and and you could the because like they're close. The closest you can get is like, oh, they sound really thrash. Yeah, but you pick any thrash band, they don't sound like this. No, it's just no, they don't sing like that. Uh, there's more like there is double bass pedal. Yeah, in this, but it's it's not the way a thrash band no, uses it. No, it's no, no, and then. Yeah, so everything about them, it seems like every genre you throw into them, they're like on the margins of that genre or they're in between that genre. Like, yeah, kind of, but there's, they're still, they still wouldn't fit in. They're always, they're always not going to fit in you know, where, <laughs> wherever you put them, uh, which is fun, but also I could see why it fucking fucked them. They would have been a good pick on uh, Greg Ginn's label. This cause Oh, so yeah. SST. Yeah. SST. That's because there's so many like weirdos on there. Yeah. You got St. Vitus, Black Flag, Second Trust. You get like Minutemen. Minutemen. Yeah. They probably, yeah. I mean, it was a little later. It was a lot later, but sure. who knows? Um, so, same core members from beginning to end. You got Mike Caldwell on vocals, Corb Lund on bass, Doug Bevins on guitar, and Terry Johnson drums. Corb Lund. This, Corb Lund. What a name. That guy, first of all, he's a fucking killer bass player. Second, he's the only one who kept going with music after the end, mm -hmm. and he's a fucking country star. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a Canadian country star. It's, I mean, it makes sense when you really get into the band, but yeah. it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm with, a, with a name like Corb Lund, perfect for country. I, yeah, I, I love that. This, like, kind of stumbles out of your mouth. Yeah. But it's like... Corb Lund. Corb Lund. Uh, so they all met... Um, no, yeah, uh, Grant McEwen Community College in Edmonton. Yeah, I guess they found a common ground between uh, Black Sabbath, speed metal, and country, which is if you if you can all agree on that, sure, you have to make it. But you have yeah. to. It's just too fucking eclectic. It's too too goofy. Uh, but they, yeah, like they self released pretty much most things. Uh, the first album they they recorded. Uh, it's amazing this stuff is on streaming so yeah I'm, I'm wondering how like, I'm assuming one of the band members is just paying for it like out of pocket something yeah <laughs> because yeah it was self-released they recorded it themselves they released it themselves it, and uh, well it sounds like it <laughs> uh, eventually they got the attention of uh, what's his name uh, Cecil English mm -hmm. who uh, he recorded No Man's No and DOA uh, two other Canadian bands but two other good Canadian bands yes uh, I, th I think they know to uh, I don't know if it's written on, I don't know if it's on here, but I remember reading uh, that, that Cecil, he, he produced, um, is it, uh, is it small parts isolated and destroyed? I believe it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Small parts isolated and destroyed by no means no, which is, um, it was my favorite album by them. That's, and I, I didn't realize it came out in 88. I thought it was later than that. Crazy. Um, that's a good fucking record. It is punk, but boy, does it not sound, it is punk with nine minute songs. Um, <laughs> It's like, it's basically prog punk. Yeah. We can call it prog punk. Um, so he did that. So I see that. I'm like, oh shit. So he got there or they got his attention and then they eventually got signed. And then, then they released another self-released one. And then disappeared and then came back. They came back? In 2014. 
Oh shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh shit. We're, well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Uh, but that's basically it. There's not, there's not a lot of lore. There's not a, a lot of meat from the, I think, I don't think there's any other interviews that we can even dig up. Um, those are the highlights. Those are the highlights and that's good enough. So we going to get started. All right, everybody. Uh, like we said before, four albums total. First one came out in 1990, last one, 1999. So you ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 1990s self-titled. Is that cranked? It, I'm going to go one more. It's cranked all the way now. Well, that's partly because this is uh, recorded like shit. <laughs> I thought we were going to be listening to a punk band after this. So did I. It certainly sets it up that way. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice little punk song. It is. It's t- very tight. Very good drums. But no punk singer would sing like that. Sure would heard that like oh all right all right they do sound like a bunch of kids though oh yeah this is the most like home recorded album we're gonna cover but uh by no means the worst low production i've ever heard yeah it's just it's a good demo quality it's acceptable yeah it's rough, but it's, um, I mean, we've covered some truly horrific sounding albums on it. Oh, shit. Oh, I guess the chord. Oh, the chord is iffy. Okay. That sucks. All right. Yeah, so it's a neat little, uh, fun little opener. Uh, Awful sounding album. <laughs> yeah, I yes. mean, it's, again, it's not the worst produced thing we've covered, but uh, it is rough and it does hurt it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, um, I was pretty lukewarm and middle of the road and not very excited and not very, I wasn't dreading the next step. I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, obviously, the biggest thing to note out the gate yeah. is the vocals. Yeah. Uh, here, they're annoying, but they're not that bad <laughs> yeah i wasn't i wasn't bothered by them i think this this album is also the most like all over the place how do you, what do you mean by that like you know i thought we were getting like a punk album and then like they do the pretenders cover and that sounds a little more garage rock yeah hate it by the way i, I my beef is obviously with pretenders yes. and not and not them i just don't like the song middle of the road so much and then yeah, it's this like true narcissist. That's this like full on hard rock. There's I think it was. I mean, when it goes fast, it just feels it just feels yeah. metal as shit. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of metal on here. In fact, well, no, maybe now later on it has more metal on it. But this feels, um, this one feels the most Frankensteined. Like yes. we're gonna combine metal and punk in this way, and yeah, it, you feel it the most on this one as opposed I, to the others. I did note down the vocal choices on Ill Tide. Oh. Boy, oh boy, that was where I was like, okay, I think I think I don't like this guy. Man, I I really don't like that song. Uh, the the vocals hurt it more, but I wouldn't have liked it much anyway. It's heavy and angry, but it just felt kind of meh to mm-hmm. me. Um, but 
uh, even though I wasn't like moved by any of this, I was like, it is surprisingly diverse for a, a bunch of kids but who recorded this themselves. There's potential. hundred percent. Um, then you get stuff like Hay Shaker, which is more on the metal, metal side and then turns into fucking evil funk with this wild ass bass. It, it did make me think of white zombie a little bit. Interesting. I, yeah. I liked it. I think it's very yeah. cool. Um, and even, I mean, I don't really have that much problem with the actual songs on here. It's mostly like how inaudible the drums are. <laughs> They're just, they might as well not even be mic'd. It's, it's yeah. crazy how buried they are, but, um, which is a shame because everybody's really, really tight. Yeah. I didn't really have any problems with this, but I didn't like love it either. For me, it's exactly that. Like, huh? These, uh, these kids could be onto something maybe. Yeah. It felt like the, they could definitely go somewhere, but at this point you never, you never, you really never know. Um, uh, what is it called? Dandelina or Dandelina, uh, which is a, a, a name of a song I'm having trouble saying for some reason. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically, it's just straight up thrash. That main riff is a complete and utter ripoff of kill again by Slayer. <laughs> it is just the same, same fucking riff. They do love Slayer. So. They, they, they cited Slayer as one of the influences. Um, yeah, that one. I mean, it's not even that bad of a song, but I think the vocals are really, really fucking just mm -hmm. took me out of that one. But the I rest think, of the album, I think, is pretty strong. Yeah, I think some of the most like memorable playing for me happens towards the end with um, two pigs. Uh, two pigs. Two pigs. Oh, you mean? Uh, it's yeah. The it's one of the bonus tracks. The, oh, I didn't realize that was a bonus. So track. The, the final three tracks. Uh, this was reissued in, in 93. Mm -hmm. The the final three tracks were produced by Cecil English, Cecil, yeah. Cecil English, which is why you can actually hear the drums in those songs. Yeah. Um, they sound a lot better. But that song is badass. It's, it's fucking sleazy and sludgy. Uh, and it sounds, I mean, if you're comparing it to the actual album, it sounds like nothing mm -hmm. on there. Uh, and then it gets really big and crazy. Fucking very cool. Um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And then like controlling melody. Oh, yeah. Is this, yeah. It's kind of like there's some psychedelia in there but then you get like also like kind of similar to caius but oh, yeah. i'm gonna assume these boys never heard of caius at this oh point. yeah no chance no chance wait, wait, so, wait, when this, did caius come around when was the first album 92 i or think yeah they were like around the same time so there's it's just uh like happy coincidence i mm -hmm. guess um what was it? What was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. The the original closer is Tight Spots, which is live. And it makes perfect sense because of, I'm assuming, budgetary reasons. <laughs> live tracks are very easy to keep. Um, but, I mean, as a song, I think it's pretty, pretty solid. But, so this is one of the, the one of the many things about Caldwell's voice. So he does his Danzig thing every once in a while. And here, I think maybe in the first two albums the most, he you know what? First three albums. Yeah. He really channels a lot of Lane Staley. And I don't think it's copying because this is this is like the same time as yeah, Austin Chains. It is, this probably had more to do with the era than the era and then the twanginess because Lane Staley mm -hmm. is a very twangy dude. I mean, isn't he from the South? I don't know. I forget where he's from. But he has a total twang on his voice. And yeah. Um it makes it just makes sense that it, it would kind of and it would seem similar, mm -hmm. but I felt a lot of, a lot of Lane's daily in tight spots. Cool. Cool. ass, really metal sounding riffs. So it, it is weird. Cause like, these are really, really metal riffs, but with the weakest shittiest production. So it doesn't, it doesn't hit you the way normal metal does yes. or normal thrash does or whatever. Uh, so it ends up, it ends up being thrash with 
an extremely punk feel. Yes. With weird singy, 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 whaley vocals. Very, like, very interesting listen. Interesting stuff. Uh, but not too bad, not too great. We're, we're, we're interested, though. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, this, if this was Shark Tank, uh, I'm, I'm interested in what you're selling. I may want to be a partner. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, next album, uh, also self-released, except uh, this is uh, where they, they met up with Cecil and uh, he recorded them. So it's going to sound a little different. Nice. So this is 1992's To Each A Zone. Bring that down a little. <laughs> so you hear this directly after that one, you're like, oh, and you, uh, at least I thought, like, yeah. oh, this sounds way better. Yeah. You give yourself a day, you come back to this one, it sounds like shit. <laughs> this album also sounds bad. <laughs> it, it does. It does. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was going to have to. Oh, no, it's incredible. Like, I've heard Cecil English's, English's records. They don't sound bad, mm. but this doesn't sound great. Probably this. Hey, 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 here I go now. <laughs> He's just dancing. Man. <laughs> but then he goes like high pitch. He does. Yeah. He gets very high pitch. Damn. Yeah. A lot of dope pedaling, though. There we go. Yeah. It wasn't very fun when I'm the last album. If, no. if it even was there at all. It's not a bad song. No. Yeah. Um, it is a little goofy, though. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give this one worse. Worst least favorite. Um, this, it, yeah, this was. I thought it was gonna be tougher, and then I went back. I was like, oh yeah, this one is actually not that great. Yeah, I ended up giving it worse because I feel like objectively, it's like the worst songwriting. Even, it is, even if it's like heavy hard rock that I'm comfortable with. I think this is like their weakest writing. Hundred percent, their weakest writing, and. Yeah. And doubles as the most annoying vocal performance uh, by Caldwell. Yeah. This I, one was hard to get through on the second listen for me. Yeah. I guess his vocals didn't, didn't bother me for whatever reason. Dude, like, that's funny because, man, certain voices, like, so it's mostly his choices because he's like, a, he's like an, an actually good singer, especially mm -hmm. later on. You hear he's got chops. Mm -hmm. He's really good. It's, his actual tone that I don't, I don't love, but I could take it or leave it. It's his choices. And like we heard all over that one, it's just dancing choices left and right. A lot, a lot of twanginess, a lot of country, a lot of bluesy stuff. And it's not, I can't even say it's bad. I just don't like, I don't like how they fit with the music. I don't like the actual melodies. I just don't, I just don't like the choices. You must love Nero Divla. Uh, wait, which one? Track oh, 10. you know what? I did like it interesting it's, well first of all it's the fastest thing in the album by miles it's an, it's pretty crazy it, it's actually the because uh, we there's a lot of fast stuff on the on the first record mm -hmm. there's very little actual high speed parts on this mm -hmm. on this album at all, except for that song uh and it even even i found the vocals to actually be fairly interesting on that one 
I thought for sure you were going to hate them. I, I don't mind them yeah. because it's not even like, like I said, it's, it's mostly the choices. If I hear like generic bluesy lines mm-hmm. that I've heard a thousand times, just, it just happens to be over something cool and aggressive. Like most of these songs, uh, then I'm bored. Mm-hmm. But if he does something that maybe sounds goofy and stupid, but it's interesting and different and it, and it fits in a, in a unique way that I'm on board. There it goes. Uh, I will say another fast song is horse thief. Uh, oh right kind of made me think of queens like stone cold crazy oh interesting it is yeah yeah but uh while we're on the uh topic of vocals let's move on over to shuffler's song they go full diamond dave with scatting dude and i love it (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah all these things dude it's all these things i thought you were well not like thinking about when I was listening, right, right. finding out you didn't like, I was like, so you'll hate. No, this- it, it's <laughs> fucking crazy. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a super jazzy song. It's, yeah. it's very unusual. It's like, I found it to be one of the most interesting things, if not the most interesting thing on the album. Um, and his scatting is hilarious. And I thought, I thought it stunk completely mm-hmm. like his whole performance, but it's, it is endearing and yeah. it's, it's just fun. Yeah. So i kind of ended up just enjoying it. <laughs> uh, I really dig the, that, that, almost tribal intro to levers on the rise or levers of the rise Dude, that clicky percussion instrument they use. Oh yeah. That's it's a, it's like a wood block or something. It's a little overbearing. It's way too loud in the mix. Yeah. Very interesting choice though. Um, I really enjoy filling a warehouse. It does not reinvent any wheels and it's not really anything unique. It's just a fucking ripper that works for me. Fair enough. I kind of feel the same about it. I don't love it, but I, I'm fine with it. Uh, I think without the vocals, I'd probably like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's still, it's still cool. It's, it still has a lot of energy to it. It's very, it's one of the faster tracks. Uh, but there is, oh, well, what else do before I, I start shitting on it? Um, so there's a thing. There's stuff that I, that I started out thinking I was gonna hate, and then mm-hmm. eventually it won me over. Like Dead Eye, which that opening riff is basically just a day tripper knockoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end of it, I, I couldn't help appreciate how spastic the whole song is. Part part it's part thrash. Part of it is like a Roy Orbison style rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just unusual. They always gotta throw something something weird. Something weird. Something yeah. weird that not a lot of people fuck with. Yeah, especially not in this world. Yes, like you don't hear a whole lot of Orbison style <laughs> shit in and thrash. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so it's fun. I I can't I can't diss it or I can't like not give it up uh, but the part the stuff that i don't like is pretty pretty rough such as only thing going boy oh boy do i not like it um i don't mind the, the final minute of it where it mm-hmm. kind of speeds up but it just sounds like shitty allison chains to me you know what these guys i think are really good at writing outros oh they do attend it the songs are like with any band that i end up loving the songs never go where you think they're going to go. No, because uh, I was going to say some songs can start off boring and bad, but I usually, even if it's a bad song or I feel like it's still, I usually like the way it ends. Yeah, I've had a lot of that where I'll be um, very, I don't know, cynical on first listen. I'm like, ah, and then I was like, all right, well, I was interesting by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back for another listen. I'm like, okay, this is actually good the whole way through. I just like... I had to have the whole knowledge of what it does in my yes. subconscious before. Yeah, it happened to me a lot with this band. Um, BB on the B is another really 
rough, hard rock. So there's a lot of hard rock on this. Yes, album. sir. Like straightforward, sleazy bar hard rock. Uh, and I couldn't take that one. <laughs> there's a lot of samples in that one, which is like the most interesting thing about it. But um, boy, Caldwell pissed me off on that song. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think the latter half is is definitely a lot better, but it, it's very inconsistent. Yeah, I think the the first album has like I'm willing to cut it some slack. This is new to me. They're new. Yeah. Um, and then to just have like the the like obviously it sounds better than the last album, but it still sounds bad and kind of some stale songwriting it's just like okay and yeah. then listening to the other two albums i was like all right this is things change i i for me the album went down fine it's just objectively this i think this is the worst yeah this one didn't work like we said we're the first time we're like okay this can go kind of anywhere i wonder mm-hmm. where it goes this was like oh fuck it didn't hit a wall yeah, it it didn't have the jump forward that I was expecting because mm-hmm. usually, even with uh with Shiner who we just covered, um, you hear like the first album and like oh this can go somewhere and then you, the second album you hear this leap mm-hmm. and like and all of a sudden they have a different style and you, they they're kind of coming together. This was not that. This is just like it feels like the kind of I don't know slowly walked instead of ran to the next step. And that's why they have the term sophomore slump. Oh, yeah. So. I, I've learned to not believe that term after all the albums that we've covered. Well, that's why it's this term. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like the fact that it became a term, like, yeah. why is that? We've covered hundreds of albums on this podcast, and I feel like very few actually fit the bill of a sophomore slump. One or, a few, or very few of those bands. I'd have to, like... Dig through all yeah, the... Okay. Um, I used to listen to this hip hop group called the visionaries. They called their, they called their second album sophomore slump. I thought that was very leaning into it. Yeah. Just embrace it. Was it good? Uh, I remember it being pretty good. Visionaries aren't like, uh, visionaries. They're like, when I was getting into that, like conscious underground hip hop, they were very cool. Okay. Uh, Now that I like weirder things, uh, they have some good songs, but it's been a, it's been a while. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, rough, but not the worst thing ever. Um, although it is disappointing that um, it, it doesn't sound at least a little better. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm just maybe I'm I'm not remembering all this guy's other records. Maybe maybe they do sound this kind of rough. I'm not familiar with him, so. I thought, remember them sounding good. I guess, I could have sworn they sound a lot better than this. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, my worst, least favorite, Alex's worst. And it's time to move on. Their only signed record. Yes, sir. Their only actual officially released album. Um, but you ready? I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 1995's Waste and Tragedy. What? Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Hold on. I walk into an ISIS concert? Hell yeah, dude. this fucking rules. Yep. And the vocals sound pretty fucking cool. 
It's kind of like Isis and Primus had a baby. Oh yeah, I think it was a little bit more thrashing to it. Like, oh, for sure. With, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. Who does this? Who does this? It's very cool. Yeah. It's such a super Metallica transition right there. It is, yeah, yeah. Damn, the song rules. Yeah, it does. Hell yeah. Best personal favorite. Best personal favorite. Yeah, this is Cut, a pretty gr- cutting dry here. This, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will be revisiting this album. Yeah, this is a good fucking album. Hell um, yeah. First listen, I was like, oh, this is... I'm, I know this is going to be best. And then the second lesson, I was like, this is even better than the first time I heard it. Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. Uh, it is weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot like that was it was kooky and it was complicated, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like weird. There was some weird shit on here. Yeah, dude. like complex shit to play complex and then goofy and, and strange. Mm-hmm. There's like a there, it's all over the place. Uh, Hello, hello is a song that I, I didn't really appreciate until uh, my second listen where I now I fucking love it. But it's like it's funky and noisy. Uh, and then. Not just well, we heard a little bit on the, on this opener, but on that song too, Caldwell is reined it way back in. He's mm-hmm. being way more calculated with his choices. Um, I, I don't love everything he does. I still don't really like him as a singer on this album. But some of the stuff that is just so bad shit that he does that I even if I don't like enjoy it, I can't help you but got appreciate to it. Give it up. Got to give it up, dude. Yeah. And the and I'm just gonna jump right into it. The number one moment. The number one moment of that. What was that? Take it from a right man. Oh, dude. His vocals on that song are fucking bananas, dude. Dude. They, they go like... Oh, my God. That song is insane. They go full Latin rock in that song. Yes. It's like... Starts out as motorcycle music and then goes... Oh, it's just so fucking... Bizarre. It goes everywhere. These guys from fucking Alberta go like Latin rock and it's fucking delightful. It's delightful. That Man, that song, it just keeps doing so many awesome things that I, I just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm accepting his ridiculous vocals in the song because it's just so crazy. On board with it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh man fades away oh hell yeah like they do creepy and sinister really well it's not like unknown territory for them but it's something they kind of only give you in bits and pieces they do a lot of things in bits and pieces and the other one is the country stuff Mm -hmm. the the first sign we get is pity the man with the fast right hand oh hello yeah or hello baby dude yeah my god you get some like bluesy country stuff in there but it's still heavy it's still fast yep it's like novel it's it's a novelty of like country punk metal (laughs) and it's it doesn't sound like cheesy or tacky it does feel like they just made this new thing yeah and they don't really revisit it that often only a few times no no these guys are like on to the next thing very very yeah fast um the 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 most Allison Chainsy thing that I got from this whole album is definitely the vocals on MTV. Yep. But goddamn that song. That Ooh. is that song is like what I think the second album like in an ideal world should be. I see. Yeah. That the what it does and what it kind of showcases a lot on this album is how much noisier the guitars have gotten. For mm-hmm. one, they, they it's the first album that has good sounding guitars. They actually feel powerful. Everything feels powerful, but it's the first time you this can actually hear. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. But really ringy, noise rocky guitars with a lot of dissonant notes, a lot of really cool, interesting rhythmic stuff. Um, but yeah, dudes are a really good guitar player. Um, 
That song is really fucking cool. What else? Uh, the title, the title track. Oops. Um, it's there's like this slow part with horns over it, and it's just like continuing the the trend of them taking these like wild chances and and paying off. That's yeah. That's the closer. That's the other country western mm-hmm. st- song. Man, it's so fucking cool. It's so pretty, and. I mean, it really is country metal. Yeah. And, and not in like a gimmicky sort of way. Yeah, it's not gimmicky. It, it feels like they just, it was, it all feels very, this whole album feels organic, even when it's fucking wacky. Also for, uh, you know, a small band like this to do an album, like start to finish that holds my attention and I don't really have too many gripes with this album really fucking impressive yeah there's still i still have some problems with it and it's not even like big problems it's just um only two tracks i'm not too big on and those are maybe the prophet scared you and having the water brush um i, I just they just seem like flyover songs mm-hmm. they, there's like nothing that stands out too much about them um except for uh maybe that prophet scared you does have the most ridiculous vocals in the course <laughs> those are pretty those are pretty yeah. rough uh and then when I my main, like keep going back to my main issue of his choices, not so much his voice. Mm-hmm. Easter is a good song for that. Where I like the song a lot despite him, not because of him. I think that song worked for me. Where uh, if again, I don't feel like that song like does anything special, but it's like one of the most sludgy things they've done. So yep, yep. felt it in my soul. Oh, and then that, especially that last minute. Ooh, goddamn! Again, they they know how to close out songs. They do. They they do. Like a lot of people have mastered the art of opening songs, but these men have mastered the oh, art yeah. of. It's a less to, it's a less appreciated art because you got to sit through it. <laughs> but we appreciate it. Here Hell yeah! At every album ever. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, this one. It was yeah. First listen, I liked it. Second listen, liked it even more. And. The, yeah, it's it's obviously the best, and it's weird because it, it, if looking at the whole discography from afar, this is really one of the odder ones. Like no, no other album sounds like this one, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it seems like I'm glad they they kept they did something else. I'm glad the next album is what it is, yeah. but it is unusual that uh, they didn't lean into this more with this big heavy sound with these really aggressive spastic songs. Yeah, I guess when you kind of have like a small cult following it can be you you kind of are in your own little bubble and you're you're making up your own rules and there's maybe less feedback so yeah and also i'm assuming just less opportunity because there is a huge gap between this album and the next one i mm-hmm. imagine all kinds of shit happen but i wonder i wonder what um around this time this is a uh, around time the article that we had this is when it was um published uh, in 95 they apparently sold more than 10,000 units of the first two albums which is like mm-hmm. that's not that not too bad for, for them yeah that's literally coming from fucking middle of nowhere hey, not bad um they they hired Joel Van Dyke to to produce this record um Caldwell said we liked our last one with Cecil English but we thought that we wanted a bit more of a heavy metal sort of sound instead of a punk sound this time. Uh, we, we just went around to some studios and Van Dyke was recommended to us by some people. He did a really good job, actually. It sounds nice and chunky. And it does. So they recorded one one of these tracks in Berlin and 10 others, 10 others at Vancouver's Greenhouse Studio. 
It doesn't say which song it was that they recorded no, in Berlin. Hmm. Uh, but it sounds good. Sounds great. It's a great album. Best fucking writing for sure. Hands hands down. Oh shit! Uh, Joel Van Dyke, the guy the guy produces one. Mm-hmm. Um, he produced Fear Factory's first album and Annihilator, the thrash band Annihilator. I I don't know. I don't fucking. You know, know. it. Holy shit! Yep. There it is. To Annihilator. Annihilator is a really shitty thrash band. <laughs> I, I listened to their first album, Alice in Hell, quite a bit. And the most fresh... You, you ever heard about Annihilator? No, no. So the album, Alice in Hell, well, you know what the, you know what the, the title track is called? It's probably... Ah, what is it? Alice in Hell. <laughs> mm, these oh, oh, dude. It, I, I used to like like a couple songs of that album quite a bit. I went back, I think, I don't know, like a decade later, mm-hmm. and it was just h- hilarious. I, I couldn't sit through <laughs> it. There was a lot of thrash that I used to really like that I can't I can't listen to anymore. Man, they were on Roadrunner, though. So, yeah. Uh, There's a time where just they were picking up every thrash Road, band. Roadrunner, this had every metal band. <laughs> yeah. Probably uh, still do. And probably. Uh, but yeah. Uh, both of our best and personal favorites. You should check it out. It's a wild ride and it's fucking crazy. It's fun. Very fun. But we got one more, baby. We got one more. So you ready? Ready. Uh, the final album, once again, self-released. <laughs> uh, shit, where's my mouse? I lost my mouse. There it is. Um, yeah. 1999's My Dear Little Angle. <laughs> Well, still sounds good. Still does sound good. Not quite as good, but still good. Very punchy bass. You know, you know who would kill this song uh, if it was a if it was a down song. Oh shit! And Selma doing this? I, I think I think it's more gruff vocals. I think it would uh, sound a lot better. I actually hate his vocals on this song so much, which is not how I feel about the whole album, or not how I feel about his vocals in the whole album. So hard rock. Alright, now it's yeah. further along. God, the album art for this fucking album is incredible. Pretty unique. It's Stuff. absolutely awesome. Or I should say unique for like a hard rock metal band to do this. Yeah. Yeah, all the artwork inside the book with stuff, it's just all so fucking good. Going ham on that bass. Oh, the bass... I didn't give the fucking prop, the proper props to Corb. Yeah. He's so good on the last album. Yeah. And then on this album, too. Alright, alright, alright. Uh, this is, this is my least favorite. I don't know how. 
I mean, I do know how, but it's so, this was so close to being personal favorite. This I, is a fascinating album. I was kind of bored throughout it. There's It's so wild, though. It's at, it's more wild than the last one. The, it is the least predictable album. I, I mean, holy shit. This is so not what anybody could have expected. There's some stuff towards the end I like, but maybe like the first half or, or maybe like 75% of the album, I'm just like, oh, I'm the, not, I don't feel engaged, but. I know it's not bad writing, so that's why. Right, right. It's a, it's a. The reason I, I couldn't give it any anything else is because the writing is objectively weaker. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a noticeable step down from the last one, but the styles, also, the things that they do, is just so unpredictable. Also, real quick, while it's fresh in everyone's minds, um, I know that opening song is not a bad song because the secret track. I believe is a sped up. It is a sped up. This one of the two secret tracks. Oh, there's two on that. I'm yeah. Fuck. There's, um, it's like this instrumental bass heavy thing. Mm-hmm. It's only like a minute long. It's very, it's pretty cool. Let me tell you sped up super Nintendo sounding chipmunk. chipmunk vocals. I love that so much. Y- you know what? I actually don't, I it's stupid and I think it's annoying, but I kind of, that song Almost was preferred. That song was meant to be played fast. If if there were not chipmunk vocals on it, I would like it more than the, maybe the yeah. The, oh no, the chipmunk. I mean, um, it's just stupid. Kind of, but like, yeah, sped up. That song fucking rips. Uh, the only there's only two songs I don't care for, and they're right at the beginning, uh, which is "Murdering Me" and "Domination." I'm not I'm not big on either of those. Damnation was like tool domination or domination. Uh, that was like tool light, dude. Caldwell is just doing a knockoff Maynard and that song. There you it go. It is insane. Yeah. Uh, so that's another thing. He does the Lance Daly. He does a Danzig. He does some Maynard. He does all a, your favorite ninety singers. He can do them all. He can do them all, baby. Uh, so there are moments where I don't like him, but overall, I think this is my favorite Caldwell album. I think he's mm-hmm. the best on here. He's the most int- not interesting. What's the word? Uh, he does the most against the grain uh, types of melodies here where in the past few less so on the last album but definitely in the first two he does a lot of really predictable bluesy stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of like twangy country western little uh, I don't know just tropes almost of those, of those genres mm-hmm. here it is anyone's fucking game every song is so wildly different that he kind of, I guess he felt, probably felt like he had to do something really different. Yeah. And it sounds, I think, I think sounds pretty badass. Um, the first thing of note on the whole album is my saddle horse has died. Of course, that is a galloping Western song yep. and it's pretty rad. It's pretty rad, especially that intro. It's a, it's on the, it's a, like an acoustic intro, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it, the writing of it is so fascinating. Um, uh, it, it's like it reminds you of stuff, but I can't fucking put my finger on it. It's Western, but it doesn't feel like a Western song in the, in the writing. The way it's played, sure, but yeah, it's a, it's a very well-written song. I think a, a good example of something where I'm like, you guys went out, you did something different. I give you an A for effort, but if this doesn't work for me, is chords. I knew it. Like, yeah. Chords like this? That's I knew it. I knew it. pretty much them doing a ska song. It's really weird i didn't like it i did not like it i was i was not on board Uh, i thought it was annoying won me over god damn it fucking won me over there's so much there's too many really unexpected unusual core changes yeah where i i fucking i 
Got it. I appreciate it. Like I said, A for effort. It is a wild song. Yeah. The first, uh, my, my first lesson was again, um, more harsh than my, my second Mm -hmm. lesson, but my first lesson, the first song to actually grab me. And I'm like, finally, finally was VCR. Really? That one did it for you. That one. It's the, cause it finally, I was missing the country stuff. I was actually missing the country shit. Uh, and I was hoping for more of it on on the album, but at the, I mean, even if you take away the the country aspect of it, it is definitely a very well done, um, mm-hmm. especially well arranged song. Um, for me, um, I like my ears started perking up, or I felt more engaged once like Alvarez comes on. Alvarez is rad. It's like it's, it's a nice way. dreamy ballad. Yeah. And then I didn't look at what the song was after that. I was just like, I don't think following up a ballad with another ballad is a good idea. Then I heard it was a you cover. Make me feel like a It's pretty funny. It's fucking great. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a straight cover of Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin. But this having like four dudes do it is funny. It ha- having four dudes sing "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman" is already like funny. Sincerely, too. since they play it well, and it's it's a straight cover, but it's uh, it's already using different instruments, mm-hmm. sort of. It's using rock instruments instead of I don't know soul instruments. Yeah. Um, same instruments, I guess, but just played differently. Um, different effects, different sound. Yeah. So and, and it, it's like a I don't know it, what it reminds me of. Uh, it didn't it endears me the same way that uh, Mr. Bungle covering uh, Easy Lax Sunday. No, no, no. That, that Faith yeah. and More covers them. Covers oh, okay. that. It's um, what is it called? Um, what the world is, what the world needs now. Okay. And there's a '99 Mr. Bungle performance where they open it with what the world needs now, and it's like. It's a straight cover, mm-hmm. but it sounds incredible, and it's a band that you like is playing it. Yeah, and it just—it's like, oh fuck, it's fun. That's a super fun thing. That's how I feel about this about Same Natural category. Woman. I'm glad it's on there. It's stupid, it's silly, and it's fun, and it's well done. Pin fucking rips. Pin does rip. Start, it's weird. Yeah, start to finish. Um, tell us about it. I love the way they worked in banjos and slide guitar on tell, there. Yeah, tell us about, uh, dude. I did not. Also, this for like, because I feel like I kind of had to take a second. Like, I was not expecting to hear slide guitars and banjos on that. Like, if you told me that first album would end up. No chance. Yeah, no way. You would never thought we'd end up here. And the banjos, again, they don't feel like a gimmick. It sounds awesome. Yes. Uh that that I mean that whole fucking song is so fantastic and it's like it it really does feel more like a southern uh southern hard rock song just mm-hmm. straight through but it's I don't know it's it's very it's very nicely done um one of the weirdest one of the definitely one of the weirder things on here is what I need to carry on love it love yeah. it too it is I mean there's a lot of things you enjoy here for being your least I, I favorite know, album <laughs> I know but I feel like it's like three maybe four songs all right fair enough uh that song I, is very again unlike anything they've ever done it's so unusual i'm this i'm just trying to be honest here about the like yeah i can just pluck out fair enough yeah. the, these these three or four songs but yeah the i just think it's like that first two thirds is so was wait, rough. sorry 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 um so you're telling you you mean to tell me there's nothing about Legba's cucks that you, you didn't like two or that you liked two forty once again these guys 
I have I have two thirty five, but yours oh, is more yours is more accurate. Yeah, yeah. I just I just guessed that we're on the time. Uh, well, we're, we both time stamped it. Might as well. That means it's going on. These guys should just go full Latin rock. I think they do it so well. By the way, the first half of the song does not sound like this. I don't like, and that's the thing. I don't like the first half. I don't love it. I think it's fine, but this this part is sealed it for me. Cool. Oh, it's so good. I want to hear this through because the guitar lines on this part are just so well done. You know what? I'm just going to flip flop and take back my least favorite and retro put it on. Are you serious? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> mid song. Mid song. You, you were converted mid song. It's too good. Well, yeah. It, it wasn't. Yeah, there was a build up there, but yeah, I don't know. There's this is very, very uneven, but it's uneven. It's uneven, yeah. but it's too like again it's too unpredictable to, to get boring for me i think also my initial feeling before talking to you was like that second album is not good but it kind of went down easier mm-hmm. uh like i i don't hate it but this this one had like stuff i hate but then talking to a real life person about it, i'm like i yeah never mind i can't deny it, it it's just so creative it's yeah. just so when something is this fucking bold to like we're putting it out ourselves we're gonna do whatever we want yes <laughs> it's just it's just uh, refreshing and invigorating to me uh again like there's still choices on here that i think are wonky and, and strange but man like i it makes me happy that that someone tried it mm-hmm. um the closer is right on through very jazzy very loungy exactly it has goddamn muted trumpets on it you want to make me fall in love you play me some noir ass muted trumpets i've got a weird band or a small band i don't know what happened to them but if you're like mike and you like muted trumpets with some like rock music there's this tiny band called the drift the drift i'm gonna i'm gonna text you one of their albums and anyone listening with the like muted trumpets and in like relaxing rock music check out the drift i i don't know what they're up to these days but all right okay yeah okay. oh it's, it's i find it very soothing it's good rain music yes uh and i'm assuming if you're here for the smalls you're already open to the idea of listening to some, uh, some strange shit some different uh, shit smaller bands so oh pun intended all the uh, all the tiny small puns intended uh this is a this is a bizarre album and, and like at first, like again, on first listen, I was like disappointed that it didn't lean into what the last album was and how cool that was. But by the end, it was like, this is just, who does this? It's so fucking fun. <laughs> who, I mean, who does anything this band? It, they're just like so crazy. And then like, also, I think it's on their Wikipedia page. Like they were able to play like, uh, uh, like Indian reservation in Canada, I think. Oh shit, really? And they were just like that was they're like that was so fucking cool being able to like have this connection with the community mm-hmm. that 
like through music too. God damn. Ah, they seem like a bunch of nice guys. <laughs> They're from Canada. They should be that's fucking nice. Fair enough. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's see. I love the reasons for uh, breaking up uh, Terry Johnson specifically. Uh, Mike, Mike will do his thing and read the whole thing, but I love the term. Oh, sorry. I misread. Never mind. I scratch that. Scratch that. Never mind. I misread mutual decision as mutual depression. <laughs> Been there. So I'm going to trademark mutual depression. Mutual depression. That's a good yeah. band name. Yeah, it is. Uh, so this album was produced by Glenn Robinson, and uh, apparently it is not the same uh, Glenn Robinson as the guy who produced Voivod and Guar. Our <laughs> uh, uh, boy Tom says that he can't he can't verify it's the same one, and he, he doesn't think it is. Um, Prob- if it was though. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Imagine it was this. Uh, what was that guy who worked on all the new met- like Terry Date? Oh, Terry Date. Or no, Ross Robinson. Ross Rob. Okay, uh, T- Terry Date Pantera. Yeah, yeah. No, imagine it was this Ross Robinson though. Wait, what did he work on? He did like all the new metals. Oh, a real genius. And then so, oh, <laughs> I hope that guy. I hope that guy's living comfortably. I hope so. He brought a fucking plague upon the earth. Uh, so they broke up. And uh, Terry Johnson goes into a little bit of, of why, and it's it makes a lot of sense. It makes it makes too much sense, and it's sad, but whatever. Um, he says really what it came down to was that it was a mutual decision, not a mutual depression. Uh, we kind of hit a ceiling as far as touring in Canada. A couple of the band members were talking about it, uh, may, that maybe they, they can move to the States. We were talking about maybe moving to Austin, and a couple of us wanted to go, and a couple of us didn't. So we were going back and forth in the idea. In the end, we decided the two of us that didn't want to go, that that was the final answer. So obviously the band wasn't going to go on without two of the original members. So we decided to move. We decided the next move was to plan a farewell tour. And that was that. Uh, a lot of people would just replace the members and move on. Again, it that's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. I guess it's we're amazing. done. Oh, all right. Well, well half the <laughs> band doesn't want it. I guess we're done. It's fair. Fair. <laughs> Especially if everybody's contributing eagerly, which yeah. we don't know who wrote what. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming it was all a very collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. It would not be the, the same band afterward. And then and also it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning. Um, Terry goes on to say, uh, it just wasn't the move, but that was probably the catalyst to it. We, we weren't getting a record deal. We weren't getting any bigger. And it was a question of we it, were we willing to keep doing it, doing it at this level for longer, living in the van as we were starving or do something else? There were no hard feelings about it. It was sad, but it was amicable, amicable. That is such a, that particular paragraph is such a real thing where progress is, uh, maybe it's being made, but it's not enough. And we're tired. And I don't know. Do you, do you keep going? I know, uh, some inside baseball, me and Mike have talked about being tired, but, uh, if we keep chew- we keep chugling, dude. The the numbers to keep chugling seem well. They're better than when we were started. So. They're better than when we started. That is that is really all it is. That's all I'm going to tell you guys. You don't need to know the rest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was from some dark days in the beginning for sure. Oh god. But yeah, I get it. So. uh Oh, and here's the there's yeah now now Corblun goes on to make country music by himself, uh, pretty handsome guy wearing his mm-hmm. denim his his finest denim and cowboy hat. Yep, and then uh, yeah they reunited in May 2014 and they would play some uh, 
a a big music festival called X Fest mm-hmm. with you know you got Jack White, Arctic Monkeys, Death Cab for Cutie, oh. yada yada yada. So like you know, Canada appreciates their own. It's basically only Canada that appreciates these guys. Yeah, it's and now maybe a handful of people in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fun. You, you, I mean, they deserve something, man. Jesus Christ! I mean, they've done a lot of weird shit. They've done a lot of really. I don't even know. It's like you, you again. What I was saying in the beginning, like you, you feel like you know what to compare them to, but then when you think or when you listen to it, like I don't fucking know. They don't yeah. really sound like anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, these guys always made an effort to do something different, even if it didn't always land. And that's more than a lot of bands can say. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. All right. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening and watching. Hell yes. It's a, let's do a little recap. Uh, okay. Well, I think we, we, we are we, we simpatico again? Yeah, dude, this is getting weird. <laughs> this is getting real. We're, we've hung out too much. <laughs> if it wasn't for Shiner, we'd have five in a row. It's, it's uncanny. Five out of the past six. We've, we've lined up exactly. That is pretty fucking wild. I think we got a few beefier discographies on the horizon we got there's, a, there's no way there's no way this trend continues no way there was a, a lot of big ones coming <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh both of our uh worst least favorite is to each a zone yeah it is you know what we said it's a little rougher it's it didn't make as big of a leap as, as expected production is a little rougher the, the writing is also the least memorable and then Best and personal favorite, Waste and Tragedy. It is a wild ride. Truly an interesting record. If you're a fan of hard rock, seek it out. Hard rock, jazz, punk, metal, fucking country. I mean, at least, at the very least, listen to the country tracks. They're fucking, it's just, it's very well done. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, uh, Mitchell, for, for suggesting this and hanging out with us and, and sticking with us for this whole time. I know I know it's been a long time coming, but we got, damn it, we fucking did it. We did it as soon as we could with the world and what it is. Uh, and I guess I guess that's all that's left is to do our little, little bitty plugs. Yep, all the plugs. So yeah, thanks so much for listening and watching. Like the video if you like it. Hang out in the comments. Talk some shit to us. Leave your picks for best and worst uh, if you want to play along or if you have any anecdotes about the band, if you're you know, a fan or if, if you're you brand personally new. know them for some reason. That is also possible. That happens from time to time. <laughs> it's horrifying when it happens. But... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. It's... <laughs> I've... Man, I've... I've... I've really made too many mistakes being too honest in my life, especially <laughs> within the past year. And I am going to suffer for it pretty bad. One of these days, I, don't know, I should start lying more, uh, but there's also a, a small playlist uh, on Spotify. You can find a link to that in the description. You got plays associated with basically every episode. And you can find those at every Follow me on all social media at Pander monkey and Alex on Instagram at Every album, Alex. Hell yeah. Don't forget our history guy, Tom Osmond, who does all kinds of research for us so we don't have to. You can find one on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tom Osmond Sounds, as well as his Substack, tomosmond.substack.com. And be sure to check out his debut album, So Much for All in Day's Work. And you can find a link to that in the description. My debut EP, Panda Monkey, is also out and on all the platforms. And there's a link to that in the description as well. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, patreon.com slash every album ever. That is where you go if you want us to cover the bands you like or hate. Uh, bonus episodes, you get to see our schedule in advance. But, uh, you vote on polls to decide who we're covering next. The next big episode we're doing 
uh, aside from our year end, is going to be a, mm. our poll, uh, one of our poll winners. Uh, you get to join our Discord, be part of our community, as well as suggest our EAE singles episodes. We pick them all out from Discord. And if you're tier two, bigger than G is just like Mitchell, you can suggest a full discography for us to cover on the pod, and it will be a good, fun time. Hell yeah. Oh, we did it. We did it. Now, wh- I, what are we going to close with? What's I going think it now? has one of two songs. I think it's got to be either Take It From a Rye Man or Wasting Tragedy. Oh, that's that is tough. It's hard. That is very. I don't know because the title track is like the uh, title track. I think it's title track. I felt. Title I track. think. If, yeah. 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 All right. Hell yeah. It's more sincere. I think so. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya.